tomorrow night you go to New York and you deal with the Lynn sanity. Have you been following that story at all? What? Jeremy Lynn, are you following that story at all? No idea. I know who he is, but I don't really know what's going on too much with him. You're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast, made for the British basketball fans. Brandon Roy! Brandon Roy, the three, counted, and that's a foul! And a chance to tie it! Ginobili, step back, jumper! Hello and welcome to episode three of the Double Clutch podcast. I am your host, Mr. Matt Smashed, aka Matt Wellington, on the uh, blog. I am joined by my usual co-host today, Mr. Big Andy D. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? It's good to be back. A little bit of a catch-up, yeah. so I'm um, looking forward to this. I really, I'm, I'm much like you. We were talking off-air just a minute ago. We're just after such a successful Olympics and all the trades that have been going on, I just can't wait for this season to get started. And we don't have a lockout to contend with, so bring it on. Bring on October. I really can't wait. No. Unlike the NHL, which is uh, contending a lockout this year, and the NFL, which was contending a lockout, it seems to be a, a familiar thing with American sports at the moment, is the lockout. Obviously, we had it last year, and um, we we ended up playing eventually. And I don't know about you, but I think the shortened season was probably a bit more enjoyable, but we'll uh, we'll get back to the normal side of things this, this, this um, November, so it'll be interesting to watch indeed. But yeah, uh, we have been away since August 10th. Uh, apologies for the uh, the long absence, but I've actually finally found a job. On the last episode, I was currently I was unemployed, but I have now found like a assistant manager's role at a local Tesco's, which is opening soon. So I've literally been doing sort of six till three starts every day, and I'm like driving an hour away at five in the morning to get to this place and blah blah blah. blah. So it's been a, a lot of um, tired nights for me, and I haven't really got around to doing anything. Um, I will mention the blog, uh, doubleclutchpodcast.wordpress.com. We're trying to sort of reinvent it. We want people to start blogging for us. If you do want to blog for us, please get in touch by the email or the Twitter account. Uh, all the details are on the blog, as, as I was going to say. And I put up a Meet the Lakers article the other day just because I was sort of sitting there bored. Um, but, yeah, the whole about the hosts and, you know, about me and Andy is all on there now and the uh, social networks and everything. So, please, if you do listen, get in touch with us because uh, we, we want to – I think it's the best way of us knowing who's listening to us and what the audience is, isn't it, Andy? Because um, we've only had contact from people who we know listen, like um, Tom, Tom Reed and stuff from Believe the Hype. So if if you do, if you are out there and you do listen, please, you know, let us know what you think and stuff. Because uh, that, that's the one thing this podcast is going to rely on. Because um, obviously we're starting completely afresh. We're a British-based basketball podcast, which is a bit odd considering it's you know an American-dominated sport. And um, hopefully with the Olympics and stuff this summer, there'll be more people tuning into, you know, stuff like this. So if you are new to basketball and new to the sport, let us know why you love it. And, you know, if you want to do any blog articles, please let us know because um, we'll stick them up. And it's a good way of getting your work out there and being able to sort of voice your opinions on being, you know, a British basketball fan, which at the best of times is probably quite difficult, isn't it, Andy? Not not only is it difficult, we're we're in the minority. You know, we're, we're in a country that is dominated by a lot of other sports. And uh, both Matt and I are extremely passionate about basketball. And we, you know, if you want to come on and guess and just sit and chew the fat and, and talk it through, or if you agree or disagree with us, you know, even just drop us a few words um, to the, the kind of podcast email account, which is the Double Clutch Podcast at hotmail.co.uk, um, and then we can take it from there. And if you're interested. Just let us know your thoughts, guys. That's really what we're after. 
Yeah, we're in, a, we're in an odd position because obviously Britain in general is so dominated by football. Like today, I'm not going to lie, I watched Manchester United Liverpool and I watched um, Man City Arsenal just now. And I'm like, come on, when's the basketball back? I get, I'm getting bored of, you know, seeing players flopping and falling over and doing pathetic silly things. Oh, because that doesn't happen in the NBA. <laughs> no, no, not, not at <laughs> Looking all. at you, LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously the Olympics finished. We had a great end to that one with Team USA completely stomping out Spain. Um, it was fantastic to watch. And I think in general, the Olympics were a great, you know, they were fantastic for this country and we really pulled it off. We're a bit sceptical as a nation, I think, so... The fact that we pulled it off and you know did did that well was uh, a good thing. And I actually did a whole um, I did a blog post on I think it was like August the thirteenth about that and uh, you know the greatest show on earth regarding to the uh, USA basketball team because it could be the last time we actually see a USA basketball team full of superstars like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and stuff because they want to bring in they well there's rumours of age restrictions and stuff coming in and I think it would probably be a real shame at Rio to, you know, just see college players or, you know, under 21s and whatnot. Well, if, so, if they treat it the same as football um, and and have the, it limited to under 23s and with the exception of, well, I'm not too sure of the Olympic rule for football, if it's two or three overage players you could have in. Um, yeah. if, if they treat it that way, you know, you're still going to get superstars because a lot of those guys are under 23, if you think about it. Um, so from that Granted, maybe not for the next Olympics, but for those guys that are in there right now, I would say you'd see a good 80% of those back if they were obviously at that age in, in four years' time. So I don't think it will hurt it too much, but but you're right in saying you won't get a whole squad of superstars. You maybe get a team with some up-and-coming youngsters, which I think will be good not only for everybody else competing because it gives them a chance, um, but it'll also be good to see all the sort of uh, NCAA players that again if you think you struggle to watch the NBA over here you should try, try catching some <laughs> NCAA games it's even harder yeah the ESPN do their best to give us coverage over here but because of the time difference and whatnot you know it can be a bit of a nightmare and trying to pick a team is like you know it's a nightmare there's so many different ones and whereas the NBA and NFL and NHL and stuff you know there's specific teams that stick out to people and there's like you know to put it in English perspective, there's Manchester United and Chelsea's and Arsenal's and all these, you know, different teams that sort of relate to at the American side of the sports. But no, it's it's been an interesting uh, sort of off season for the NBA. We've had some fantastic trades and some, you know, new free free agent signings. Ray Allen's gone to the Heat and Jeremy Lin went to Houston. Obviously, Tim Duncan re-signed with um, the San Antonio Spurs. Biggest, Kevin Garnett. That was the biggest trade of the off season. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Kevin Garnett obviously decided to stay at Boston, which is a fantastic thing for the city of Boston. But the Lakers somehow managed to swoon um, Dwight Howard a day after we put the podcast up. And I'm going to apologize now because on the last show, I did actually say that the current favorites for Dwight Howard were Atlanta. So that kind of, you know, epically backfired on us. (laughs) And um, we weren't expecting any news to come out as quick as it did, but literally like a day or two after we put the show up, it came out and... um, yeah, the the whole basketball world sort of exploded with, uh, you know, the Lakers can't do this. They're monopolizing the game and blah, blah, blah. But if I'm being honest, it, it's a good trade, but I don't know whether it will have as much success as everyone is thinking about. Maybe um, not initially for the Lakers, because you've got a lot of new players in there that need a gel. But as, as much as it's the Lakers getting Howard, uh, there was like four other teams involved and a horrendous amount of player moves it wasn't just that one move um obviously Bynum went to the 76ers Iguodala um went, he went, went, to, went to the Nuggets didn't he um yep. so you know they're they're two big moves already just to get Howard into it uh, there was it draft picks as well if I remember rightly yeah like, I think everybody got something and everybody got better out of this um the 76ers got a young up-and-coming superstar in Andrew Bynum, and I, I arguably think he will be better than Howard in the next few years to come. If he's if he gets those attitudes sorted out, he might be. Yeah, but like judging by the videos and stuff that have gone up on YouTube of you know him being introduced to the Philadelphia fans, and Philadelphia fans are mental. It doesn't matter what sport it is, whether they're following the Eagles or the 76ers or the Flyers in hockey. Um, they're completely nuts around their sports, and the sort of introduction he got was fantastic. Well, it was and him, him and Richardson as well. It wasn't just him on his own. 
Yeah, well, he's the man now. In, in oh yeah, know, he for... he is the main man. Makes me super excited. These guys, they're definitely passionate fans. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about my game, and you know, I'm gonna play with a high level intensity and leave it out there. And you know, hopefully they can they can match my energy and keep me going. Um, and, and from the looks of it, you know, they came out in a big way to support us. And it just, it's, it's amazing. Um, I actually never seen anything like this, to be honest. And I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to, to seeing what it's going to be like when we get a sold out arena. <laughs> to be honest, man, I, I, my first experience here has been so great. Um, I'm really leaning towards, you know, making, making, making this my home. You know, I'm not a guy who likes to be all around and, uh, you know, have a lot of teams under my belt. He can live it up, sort of Donovan McNabb style, but he's going to be an interesting sort of mix for there. Um, obviously, they send Iguodala to the Denver Nuggets, and Denver immediately gets better. I think Andre Iguodala brings a sort of a, you know, a feisty small forward. Uh, he may be getting on a bit. I think he's like 28, 29 now, but he can still play. He showed that in the Olympics. Any time he came on, he was take, treating that as like his last moments on a basketball court. And I think along with the sort of youth and the talent they've got around there, what with Gallinari and um, people like that, they'll really, you know, kick off this season. And I thought Denver really gave the Lakers a beating at the playoffs last season. And the Lakers typically sort of struggled through it in game seven. So I think everybody got something out of this trade. I don't understand why everybody was so, you know, oh, Los Angeles can't do this. It's ridiculous and whatnot. So, but, um, so who's the Lakers going to be your starting five then? What, for the Lakers? For the Lakers. Following this trade, who's going to be your starting five? Nash, Kobe, Artest, Gasol, Howard. That would be my starting five. I, I'd need to agree. I'd need to agree. I, I don't think you've got much better players on the bench to come in and, and challenge for that. You, Nash is going to need a rest. As, as much as the boy's got his talent, his, his legs just aren't there anymore. Um, so I, I can see him getting limited minutes. I think he'll start. He'll start every game, but you can you can see him getting rested a lot in the in the second quarter. I'm reckoning, and depending on how the games go, you know there was a few games at Phoenix that um, I watched last season where he, he didn't even get back on the, the the court after midway through the second. So I just need. I think that is that's going to be your your kind of weakest point. You know, as much as I think he's a phenomenal player and and he's a truly gifted athlete, he's just injury prone where he's, <laughs> he he just can't keep up it's, I think the pace of the game I think you're going to play a lot slower paced basketball next season um, and I think if Kobe gets his head around not but he's it's still Kobe's team but he's not going to necessarily have to be the go-to guy every time um, I think that'll give Kobe more chance to get into the game and more chance to play more minutes because he's not going to have to be conducting everything. Um, there'll be a lot of that on Nash, but I just think his legs, you know, it'd be interesting to see how, how long he's going to be able to get a game um, and, and last. And providing his back holds out, I, I'm reckoning, you know, you're going to be there or thereabouts. You know, Lakers heat finals is, is on everybody's lips. That would be a, a game and a half to watch. It would, yeah, but I, I honestly don't think Los Angeles have ever. We haven't played a high tempo game in like probably four or five years now, and not in the terms of you know the way Miami hustle and they 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 move the ball on the fast break ridiculously quick and the Thunder do it do it and exactly the same. I don't think LA have have been that team in a long while because we have had you know we have had Gasol and Bynum and these are big guys they don't move too quick. And um, I, I think Howard will bring that in, and we'll we obviously adopt a, a new sort of offense with um, what Mike Brown's trying to do. But it will be interesting to see how all those different personalities clash in the dressing room. And you've got those guys combined combined with um, Antoine Jameson, who we got from the Cavs, which I think is a fantastic um, get for the Lakers. Also, a day after Howard was signed, they managed to somehow get Jody Meeks on a, on a contract, and um, he sort of brings up a backup point guard position for Nash, obviously. And you mentioned his age. So if Nash doesn't play for a whole game, I can imagine Jody Meeks coming in and getting a good few couple of minutes because um, he, he's a fantastic young player. He can score the ball. He, he was fantastic in college. And he's he's now in the Staples Centre. He's under the lights of Hollywood. So he's got everything you know going for him, really. But it's interesting. The Lakers kind of gave up sort of a you know, you know, 2017 round draft pick for uh, 
Dwight Howard. So it'll be interesting to see. This is obviously a long-term thing, a long-term process that they've got going on. And um, yeah, just another complete and utter steal from the whole back office of, of, of the Lakers. Um, they're trying to do what, you know, Boston and Miami have done and they won a championship. It's as simple as that. And they've got a couple more years, maybe with Kobe and, and Powell and Nash in the team. But after that, there's no doubt it's Howard's team and um, he, sh- he should be there for the future. And I, I can't see him going into free agency next season. I think he will stay in Los Angeles, especially considering what, you know, what's been coming out and things like that. And like, he's been getting best friends with everybody and he's now, you know, he's a Los Angeles boy. Although I did think he had some cheek when he put that silly advert in the uh, Orlando press saying, thank you for the past, you know, five years or whatever it's been. It was pretty funny. <laughs> did you see that? No, I missed that. What, what was it? Just a, a, a goodbye sort of advert in it. Yeah, he put an article out saying, you know, thank you, Orlando, for being, you know, the best city anyone could hope for and whatnot. And people were like, how the hell can he get away with doing that? <laughs> oh, he's, I guess he's maybe trying to fix some of those bridges he burned. Yeah, well, he's, he's going to have to because the whole shack going to, you know, Los Angeles figures sort of repeated itself again. And Orlando always seems to be at the bully end of this, which is getting a bit ridiculous, to be honest. But um, it's it's a big gamble from the Lakers back office, and I, I I personally think it'll it'll work, but probably not for a year or so. I can't see us getting and challenging Miami in the finals. So we'll be back after this quick break with our season preview for the weeks to come. Are you ready? The one main reason you should back British basketball. The number one reason. Number one reason. Number one reason. Number one reason to support British basketball. The number one reason to support British basketball is. is the greatest game on earth. The number one reason you should support the GB team is we finally made it into the Olympics. We're finally there. Great time to support GB basketball. Luau Deng is a beast. He's an animal. He is made in England. Luau Deng's repping. He has some serious dance. Luau Deng is doing the thing. Great Britain's got next. Much respect to Ben Gordon. It's going to be big. Pops, 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 pops. Pops. Men Sabonsu. Going to do it. Luau Deng is going to take us to the promised land. Watch out for him. We need to come together. We're hosting it and we want to get the most of it. It's to get Great Britain out there. Going places. Let's support it. Let's get Britain on the map. It's finally our time. There's no other sport in this world. It's a downturn of sport. It's the best game in the world. There's a lot of people that want to play the sport. And it needs more exposure. If you look at my heart, it'll probably be, you know, the shape of a basketball. I love this game. I love the smell of the basketball. It's fast-paced. You can jump high. I love the, the sound when it goes through the neck. Do mad things in the air. It's action packed. We, we, we got next. But it's better than football. It's great fun and everyone can play. The rage of talent. The sky's the limit. Show the other guys how to do it. We need the support. Amazing. Who in Europe can guard Dave? Nobody. We're coming for you. We're next. It's sort of like rugby. Weird shape ball. The players are a wee bit stretched out. Like a little bit. A wee bit. Is <laughs> the number one reason. You gotta check out those cheerleaders with their great pom-pom. We haven't been around basketball for long. Great Britain's on the up. UK basketball. Who's got game? That's right there. How you do it? That's right. I told you. So that's the number one reason to support British basketball. Right. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the uh, quick interlude there. Obviously, we kind of don't really know what to talk about at the moment. Every basketball podcast no matter who it is, is doing the same thing. They're doing season previews, trade previews. You know, who do they think is going to win the West? Who do they think is going to win the East? So we're just going to do you our typical monthly show where we can do whatever we can think of, really. So here's our season preview. Um, the big question to be asked is, do you think Miami are going to repeat? I mean, Andy, do you, do you reckon LeBron and co have got what it takes to do it again? Or do you think the super team that has now been... God, my voice has gone funny. The super team that's now been assembled in Los Angeles can, you know, really challenge them. I, I didn't realise the Clippers had done much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head in the first part of the show where you were saying there was a lot of new bodies in LA, um, so it'll take the team a while to gel. Because look at when um, Wade got. LeBron and he got Bosch their first season their first few games um they were all over the place so I think I think that will have an impact on how well the Lakers are going to be doing plus the heat they're they're opening to Boston not the easiest of opening games um but not anymore (laughs) well true true it would be um it's going to be interesting to see how how they get on there they're the team to beat I think they they've added um, a bunch of players in the off season, most notably Ray Allen. Um, 
and he was he is and i think he'll continue to be a complete threat from beyond the arc we know what the boys like so that just gives the heat more firepower and and i'm struggling to think who can well anybody i think could beat them on their day you know the thunder had um i think they've got the the best chance because they can compete with their speed they just need the experience um and i think that's what lacked in the finals games last season um i I think they'll they'll run them close but it's hard to see past the heat at the minute it really is yeah, I think the only teams that are going to really challenge him are going to be the teams that have got, you know, natural size in their team, whether it be Indiana with what, with Roy Hibbert or the Lakers with Howard, obviously. But um, I think Boston have probably, they've taken it too far now without Ray Allen. They might struggle because he kept them alive in games, especially in the playoffs last season. Well, but it's interesting jet. to think... He's got the jet, so whether or not he's going to... He's no Ray Allen, but it would be, no. be good to see if him and Rondo could work together. Yeah, it's interesting because Doc Rivers came out a few weeks ago with this whole Boston needs to change its mentality when they play in Miami. They now need to get this sort of we hate them mentality. Sort of like you get between, you know, Manchester United and Liverpool in that there's a there's bad blood between these two teams now and they they don't want to get on when they play games. And I it'll be interesting to see how Ray Allen copes with opening night. because um, obviously in previous years they have kicked off you know, kicked off the season against each other and um Miami have struggled traditionally when playing at the Garden and whatnot, but it will be interesting to see how um, how Ray Allen copes playing against his former team. It could either be a pivotal night in his career, or it could be a you know he doesn't really want to try his best against what is in his heart. Surely you know he is the Celtic at heart with the amount of years he spent there. But it, it's an, it's definitely an interesting one. It's interesting to see at the moment as well that um, Sports Illustrated have actually got a poll going on regarding who they think is going to repeat. And um, Miami aren't actually the favourites, which is quite shocking. <laughs> um, the Lakers are the favourites, followed by Miami, then Oklahoma, then Boston, um, then another team, and then it's the San Antonio Spurs. So there's obviously a bunch of teams in there that people still think are capable of. I'm still in the, the, the camp that thinks if uh, San Antonio played the Heat last year in the finals, San Antonio would have won. Um, I, I think you're right. I think you're right, but I think that was purely because of the inexperience of the Thunder more than anything else. Um, the, the Spurs are, are are getting older, and they're not as quick as they used to be. And my Miami is just brutal on the fast break. And as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I think the only team that compete with them on speed is Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, good to see that Duncan signed in. And as much as I love my Spurs to bits, I, I, <laughs> I can see them winning the Southwest, but. Um, maybe you know that that they they may struggle up against your Lakers, Oklahoma. Um, I, I think they're they're the ones. Memphis, I, I think could give them a run for the money as well. Yeah, it's, it's, I think the whole sort of mentality of the West has changed this year with all the trades going on, and I think even Denver could be right back up there. What with you know adding Andre Iguodala and stuff, so it's it's going to be interesting to see who does come out of the West to challenge Miami because I think. In terms of looking at the Eastern Conference, they are probably the only team in it, unless the New York Knicks get their act together, which I can't see happening. <laughs> Especially with all the stuff that's come out recently about, you know, Camelo Anthony having feuds in the dressing room with people and things like that. There's two, those personalities clash, and in New York, you know, they're so under the pressure all the time. It, it's just nothing ever seems to go right for the, the Knicks, which is a shame because they should, I, they should be a perennial powerhouse in, you know, the Eastern Conference every season, but. They haven't been. Um, the Celtics are aging, and they have brought you know Terry and whatnot in. But the problem is they can't keep up with this youth that Miami have got. And um, Chris Bosh is thinking about becoming a natural centre this year, isn't he? So that'll be interesting to see how it works. But I think the whole they've now won it. They now know what they need to do is going to play a key role in Miami getting back to the finals. But whoever ends up facing them is going to have to either have faced a loss in the finals before like Oklahoma this season, or, you know, it's going to have to be a team that has won it in the past, like San Antonio or, or Los Angeles. So I think in terms of Miami repeating, uh, it's going to be very difficult for them, but they're still my odds on favorites right now. If I had to bet on anybody. <laughs> no, if, if I was a betting man, that, that would be, that'd be where my sensible money would go. Um, however, y- you can't roll out the balls. And obviously with everything that's been going on in the off season for the nets, they're going to be in and about it. And 
I would really like to see, and, and I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't know how much of a challenge they'll put in in the West, are the Timberwolves. I definitely think they'll be, in, they'll be making the playoffs this year. You know, Love had an absolutely phenomenal Olympics. Um, Rubio's going to be coming back from his injury. So I, I, I would say that they're, they're, that's where I'm going to put my bet. Maybe seven or eight is where they'll finish, but they'll make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think Minnesota is a really interesting question because obviously they added um, Brandon Roy, former trailblazer and whatnot. So if if they can get that working and if Roy can get back up to his former level after his you know his, his knee problems, then I think they're, they're really going to cause issues because we've said before on this show, we're big fans of Kevin Love. I mean, he can do literally everything. He's a fantastic power forward or center. He can play either. It doesn't really make a difference to him. So I think that they will probably be the unexpected team. I mean, last year it was um, the Jazz. You know, they made the playoffs last year and nobody really thought they'd, they were going to make it. So it'll be interesting to see if Minnesota does, you know, challenge their way up. But If, if they get I all think, their oh, players firing, then... And fit. Um, yeah, because oh, oh, Kirilenko's back with them as well. So um, it's good to see him back in the league. And, and if he can pull back any of the form that he had at the Jazz, you know, they're, they're going to have a serious, seriously good starting five, providing they're all fit and they're all on the game. Um, I think there'd be a match for, for most other teams in the league. Yeah, it's a pretty hostile atmosphere to go in and play your basketball as well, because obviously they're, they're a sort of a one-city team, aren't they? So when you go there, it's kind of like going to, a, you know, to play Oklahoma. They're, the fans are absolutely behind them because it's sort of the big sports franchise in in the city so no I'd, I'd love to see him up there i think it'd be nice to see different teams within you know the playoffs this season i don't know if i'd say the one big franchise because obviously minnesota themselves they've they, they've got the wild they've got the twins and they've got the vikings so um in terms of basketball there, there isn't any other bigger basketball team but it's a completely I, I go there quite frequently and work and they are just sports daft all of them there um, so you're right about what they're saying about the fans. They'll, they get behind their team, regardless of what sport it is. Um, you know, I went to see a couple of games of the Wild the, the last time I was on for the ice hockey, and as much as they stunk, you know, they really were bad. <laughs> the, the fans really got behind them um, up until the third period, anyway. So you, you're right about the fans there, and it is it is a hostile environment, and the crowd is almost on top of you at that arena as well. So um, there's there'll be a bit of pressure, I think, on on Love and and the rest of his Wolves. Um, off the back of a successful Olympics, if he's got the metal to lead that team and and step into the shoes of KG before he left to go to the Celtics, and and I think he can. I think he can be better than KG because he offers more. Yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a more all round player, and he he can hit the free and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But I think this year is going to be an incredibly interesting NBA season for you know for us fans to watch because especially for us British fans because in our sports we don't really have this whole, you know, draft system of the worst team gets the best players and whatnot. So teams like New New Orleans with um with the, the you know the top pick and Anthony Davis, sorry, and teams that have, you know, have been traditionally bad like Charlotte could possibly you know be right back up there and start rising and, you know, going up to prominence again. And as as a as an English fan especially, it's kind of unique to see that because we don't have that in our sport, do we? Unless someone comes in and buys out, you know, Manchester City or whatnot, and just spend you know a shitload of money on pumping up a team. And I whole, I thoroughly enjoy watching the whole American sports system of how you know they sort of rinse and repeat. So once a team gets bad, they get better players, and how that all works. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see someone like Minnesota, as we've mentioned already, who have been sort of building for the past sort of four years since Kevin Love was drafted, and um, you know hopefully see them go up because it's like the um, the Portland Trailblazers from sort of three or four years ago when they had Roy and Aldridge and, you know, all these fantastic draft picks and they were, they were really meshing together and they were doing well. They were hitting the playoffs and they had a couple of injuries and a couple of trades and they just all went to pot. And I think it's, it's quite nice to see teams sort of sticking with their players now, unless you're, of course, you know, the names of the Orlando Magic and you trade everyone every second. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's bad management from their point of view. The, you know, the trade system's in there to make it as fair for everybody, like you've just covered off. You, you have your, your Lakers and your Heats that can maybe uh, entice the better players in, 
Um, but in terms yep. of getting drafted and, and lottery picks, I, I think it's a great way to do it because you've got such a balance and a blend between good and bad. Um, and the thing is, what you don't get over there as well is if you're the number one lottery pick, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, bugger, I'm going to uh, New Orleans. I really wanted to go to the Lakers. <laughs> There's, you don't have that mentality. It's, it's a case of, you know what? I'm in the NBA, I'm in the effing NBA, and I am here. Let me go and stomp your name on that. Whereas over here, you know, if somebody said, "Uh, that's all right, you're off to Dagenham and Redbridge. No, I'd (laughs) I'd rather go to Spurs, thanks. Um, It's it's a different mentality, and and I think that's the right way to do it. Um, You do have the option for trades. There's none of this, oh, we'll pay Dwight Howard. 150 million to buy him it doesn't work like that and i i just think it has a better blend and a better cohesiveness across the whole of the league that no matter who you are you can get potentially within reason obviously you're not going to see kobe dropping uh, the purple and gold and shooting off to i don't know the bobcats or something but real realistically <laughs> right it would be a possibility if everybody agreed to it you know, it, and it and it's that you wouldn't get David Beckham going and signing for Brighton and Hove Albion. You know, it's, well, maybe when they get in the Premiership next year, they might. But <laughs> you know, it's it's a whole different culture, and I I really do like the way in that the, the, they do it. And and the fact you're sitting there enjoying watching a lottery pick, okay, you're not going to win any money on it. You're just sitting there thinking, oh, right, okay, that means he can go here. And instantly people are doing trades off the back of that. And, and I like the way that is because every team's involved. And as you covered off earlier in the Dwight Howard trade earlier, everybody gets something out of it. Everybody gains. And I think that's what works well with it. That's part of the beauty of basketball, though, because obviously we're both British-based fans and this whole show is designed for, for British audiences. And we don't get the idea over here of, oh, I'm going to watch Arsenal because, you know, Oxlade-Chamberlain plays for them. You don't really tend to get that. Whereas in the NBA, it's like, I'm going to watch the Bobcats, despite the fact they had the worst record last season, because Michael Kilgrist, you know, is a heck of a talent, and I really want to see him play. And I personally think he'll probably end up being a real talent on, you know, the whole NBA in general. And watching these players come from college where they've built their talents up and, you know, they maybe have won NCAA championships or regional championships to play in the NBA for them is something real special. It's fantastic watching fledgling talent, you know, just explode out of nowhere. Like, um, Derek favors a few years ago was, you know, he, he was going to be the next big thing when he went to, um, was it the nets and, um, he was traded away in, in part of the Darren Williams deal. And he's now sort of flourished in Utah. And it's fantastic to see this happen because as, as an English, per- you know, as an English person and a fan of British sports, we, we don't really see that over here. It's it's so money-based and, you know, the whole culture of American sports is so different. And I think that's the reason why I'm really, really excited for this season of the NBA in particular because we've had these trades go on. And whereas in, in our football, the deal like this would have probably made, you know, it, it might have made Manchester United better and everybody else worse. Whereas over in the States, it's made, you know, three teams have now got perennial all-stars in which case means they can all probably challenge for playoffs. And I think the whole trading system and the whole building up from the draft is what makes American sports so unique. And, you know, not necessarily basketball, but hockey does it. Um, American football does it. I I love watching my American football, and it's fantastic now being a Seattle Seahawks fan because I can finally watch my Seahawks, you know, beat the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, real challenge big teams. Whereas a few years ago when they would first drafted these young lads, they were getting battered around the park. And I think it makes the whole sort of watching American sports unique, especially from this side of the Atlantic. But um, no, it's going to be interesting. And speaking of the Bobcats, I I think they'll probably still finish with the worst record. But um, no, it'll be difficult choosing between them and Washington. Um, If you had to pick one, who who do you reckon's got to, get the worst record or do you think it would be someone else maybe maybe Orlando putting it out there <laughs> <laughs> I think you're being a bit harsh on Orlando there to be perfectly honest um I I think you've hit the nail on the head with with Charlotte um I, I really do um Washington as as much as they they didn't win um many games compared to everyone else they had double the amount of wins if not more than than what Charlotte did if memory serves me right <laughs> so um they they're building you know they 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 got a couple of good players in the picks, so I 
if I had to put money on it, I would probably say that they're still learning and, and still getting getting their act together more than anything else. So, um, yeah. well, with Michael Jordan at the head, then uh, they've got serious issues. Well, I don't know about that. I think I think MJ could be good for them. Maybe he should uh, start coaching them a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't see them getting anywhere really out of the east and especially in this was it southeast division they're in i i, I can see them finishing dead last again yeah they're gonna have issues they're, they're not going to be like cleveland who have you know they've built themselves up after trading after losing lebron and um no i think charlotte are probably gonna they'll probably be the, uh, the worst team for this season and maybe next season but it all depends on how um kid gilchrist t- turns out because as i said i reckon it could end up being one of the uh the highlights of this year's draft and obviously they managed to sign Ben Gordon so there's another British uh, basketball player hitting a, a sort of low low league team in the NBA to say and um, no I think they've they've brought in some pieces but the whole management of the way Charlotte has run and that they keep changing their uniform every year and their name and it's, it's just a bit of a mess really <laughs> so they're not like you know the Cleveland Cavaliers who I think most basketball fans are, I think you'd probably agree, have ended up respecting because after losing LeBron, everyone was like, oh God, that you know they're going to completely crash. And they haven't. They've built themselves up. Kyrie Irving is now looking a absolute fantastic talent. And the deals they made this season to bring in trades and you know draft players, really, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland ended up somewhere back in the playoffs because obviously that East is so open sort of after you know the top two spots. It could be anyone in there. And I think it's going to be a, a real treat of a season for us to watch and there's not long for it to kick off so i can't wait <laughs> no i i can't agree with you more on that it's after being spoiled by the olympics um i'm, I'm really psyched for this season and it's it's a full season you know that if, if you're talking about your your club cavaliers um look how many of those guys were representing at the olympics you know that uh granted on on different countries more than anything else um Varajal maybe didn't have the best of olympics um but he he's still a, a, a dominant force in the paint so I, I i agree with what you're saying that cleveland's going through a transition period um but gibson i, I think he's still going to be the kind of main man there can't see past him at the minute yeah i i, I love the whole this idea of building their teams back up and in, in you know american sports in general and i think we as as fans, we're going to really enjoy the NBA this season. And if you if you are out there and you're listening to this and you're just sort of getting into basketball because of the Olympics, and you know you've liked watching Team USA and you've got behind Team GB, who were fantastic at the Olympics, it has to be said. We may not be a basketball nation, but by God, they gave it a go. And um, no, it's it's going to be a great year for sort of new basketball fans. And hopefully, with the sort of spreading of this podcast, we can you know get a, a British basketball community together and get the talk going, whether it be, you know, the British Basketball League or the NBA or high school or, you know, college, whatever. We just want to talk basketball and we really enjoy doing it. So if, if you do want to get involved and whatnot, just, just let us know because we're, we're both pretty open guys. We will talk to you and whatnot. We reply to anyone on Twitter. And I think Twitter for us is probably our favorite way of communicating with people. Um, we do we do do other podcasts obviously we're both pretty big video gamers so we do our, you know our separate video games podcast but basketball is sort of the one sport that we've really wanted to talk about we've chosen this over football rugby whatever else we like i mean this is the one that really came up and i think basketball the nba in general has got there's so much to talk about whether it be trade rumors or players or stats or you know someone like reggie miller hitting the hall of fame you know, it could be anything, and um, yeah, congrats to him, by the way, because he thoroughly deserved it. I don't know about you, Andy, but I think he long overdue was definitely yeah long overdue without a doubt. <laughs> um, and and it's good, to, even though Ray Allen took took his three point um, title last season. Um, what a bit! <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's good to see him being acknowledged for for the, the for the player he was, and obviously everything that he's brought to the NBA. So yeah, no, good, kudos for him and. In fairness, of all the other people that went in, he was the one I recognised. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen, though, doesn't it? I it, mean, every now and then you get a couple of players coming along and it's like, yeah, the, you know, Pippin and Jordan and whatnot, and then you get people you've never heard of and it's kind of like, 
Huh? <laughs> and unless you real, you know, you really follow the game, you, you don't tend to know who it is. So I wouldn't say so much that is if you've been following the game for a while, because a lot of these people played in like the thirties, forties, and fifties, and we would maybe necessarily not have heard of them because, um, I, I, you know, we're not of that age, and we wouldn't have been brought up in that generation. We may know the kind of big historical players, but your your run of the mill average players that that are in the league at the minute that probably won't ever be a hall of famer if they do in 30 years time get inducted into the hall of fame we'll know them because we were fans during the era they played so um that and there was a a a lot of wnba players in there as well which you know i i don't follow as much as the bbl or the nba but it's good to see that um some of the bigger names in there are being uh, acknowledged as well yeah it's definitely interesting like women's basketball has really kicked off after the Olympics so it'll be interesting to watch I think the uh, women's NBA has tipped off actually because it was on ESPN UK the other night so there is basketball back on TV at last but um, speaking of the BBL that tipped off uh, was it last weekend? Uh, it tipped off this weekend um, and it's, it's unfortunately that uh, Dean wasn't on because that would have been a good bit of banter between the two of us um, obviously he is a fan of the Newcastle Eagles and he did go to the game because he put some photos on his Facebook page. I, I saw, I saw those. I saw those, um, and obviously they they were playing the Glasgow Rocks and and beat them <laughs> uh, sadly by I think it was eight points or seven or eight points. So that was good. The Rocks got back on track today, though, beating a uh, new entry into the league, the the Dunham Wildcats. So that that was good. And in <laughs> next week is going to be their opening game, so I shall be getting my ass down there to watch them. I don't know what it is about BBL teams, but I just I laugh any time I hear their names. It just sounds so wrong in this country to call the teams Heat and Wildcats, and you know, it sounds like a lineup for a high school musical movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the funniest team is um, the Guildford Heat. <laughs> well, well, there there is that. Um, they don't they're not called the Guildford Heat anymore. They're called the Surrey Heat. But anyway, um, <laughs> you got the Leicester Riders, okay? Um, Oh, brilliant. <laughs> who, who are now, because of their, they must have had some sort of sponsorship deal. Uh, I think it's the Jelson Holmes DMU Leicester Riders. <laughs> it's like, no, that's, that's, that's just a bit daft. Okay, keep your team. Maybe name the stadium or something, but don't rename the team. Um, Sheffield Sharks are another one. They're now the One Health Sharks of Sheffield. <laughs> so, uh, but the BBL, it doesn't have much coverage it gets a one hour weekly roundup program on sky sports three or four <laughs> can't remember which one it is so unless you're a fan of it and follow it avidly you're not going to get into it so i don't think there's much money in it um hence why renaming the team probably gets you a little bit more sponsorship yeah the whole sponsorship thing's funny because you can now understand why the uh, nba teams refuse to let anybody put sponsors on their t-shirts because it would probably lead to like i don't know the Miami Heat being renamed something silly like the Miami Durex Heat or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Well, it probably suits them after their partying antics in, in South Beach. I'm, after I'm the sure fight. there would be a, a few innuendos and, you know, a bunch of pricks <laughs> and all that sort of nonsense getting thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I like the idea of um, I'm actually sitting here wearing my Spurs top, my Duncan 21. So um, I, I like the, the idea that they don't have any sponsorships on them. No, I think they look better for it as well. Yeah. I have. I, I talked to him last night. You want to hear? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I call Kobe. He said, What's up, Dwight? You know, how you doing? You know? <laughs> so I was like, man, I'm just happy. <laughs> and he would say, hey, man, yo, 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 listen, yo. You know, LA is happy to have you. You know, you're part of the team now. You know, you know, and um, you know, we're looking forward to you know getting this getting this ring, man. You know, you know, I'm happy for you, man. It's it's all over with. You know, I'm happy for you. You know, so <laughs> it's it's an interesting few months to come because obviously there's nothing really on at the moment until the season does kick off. Um, we're gonna have to move the hosting site, guys. So if you do follow us on Podbean, then it's gonna be changing. So uh, please keep an eye out for you know where it's gonna be either via Twitter or Facebook or whatnot. Um. Because basically that is a free hosting site, and if we use up our monthly downloads and stuff, which we have been doing, because you guys have been downloading the show so much. And thank you so much for doing that. It it makes it worthwhile. 
Um, yeah. And that's why we're even considering moving to um, a paid service because of the amount of people that have been downloading it. And that's been fantastic. We were so overwhelmed. And th- within, I think it was a week, um, Matt emailed me saying, you realize we've used up 80% of our bandwidth already? It's like, wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, thanks, guys, for, for listening to us. And, and please get, get in touch and let us know what you think. We're, as Matt said at the beginning of the show, at the minute, we're not sure what we're wanting to do. It's the off-season, so we're just finding our feet. Um, maybe as the season comes into play, you'll get shorter, more frequent podcasts. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your thoughts. What What would you like to hear? Um, and, and just get in touch with us. Yeah, and like new show ideas or whatnot, or whether you'd like you know a weekly roundup or whether you'd like a big monthly roundup or whatnot, let us know because... It makes it at the end of the day. It makes it easier for us. It makes it easier for you because we can then tell you when the show is going to be out or when it's going to be recorded, and you can email in and get your tweets in and whatnot. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. But there's, as I said, there's there's people who've been following us, and there's new fans. Um, Tom Wright, for example, on on Twitter, I know he's he's liked us on Facebook and he's followed us on Facebook, and he got into the sport through the basketball, you know, the NBA 2K games. So. There's a wide audience out there that we can sort of grab hold of and, you know, get together and maybe possibly meet up eventually in the future. But obviously this is an expanding idea. We've got other podcasts that we do and we spend a lot of time on. And this is one of the ones that we really want to dedicate, you know, our time to because we absolutely love the sport. And um, being British fans, the only way we can really watch is if we keep in touch with the media via, you know, Twitter or Facebook or NBA Pass, which is on special offer at the moment, guys. So if you want to get it, go get it and um, ESPN TV and whatnot. So it's, it's an interesting sport to follow. And as British fans, we think doing a podcast for you guys is probably going to be, you know, one of the best things we can do. There's a lot of Australian shows out there because basketball is pretty big in Australia. And obviously there's NBA Today and whatnot. So if we can get, you know, a big British basketball show going out, then I think it will be better for everybody who's in, who, you know, who's involved in the sport. And um like Andy said, you guys have been downloading like mad. We have been flickering in and out of iTunes charts, which for me, as somebody who's been podcasting for sort of four or five years now, is, you know, that's incredible. The fact that we hit second in the iTunes charts after a week of being out, I mean, that is absolutely insane. I don't think I've ever seen a response like it to a podcast. And for something that me and Andy thought was such a niche sport, you know, it's kind of exploded on us. So we, we thank you immensely. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you can get along to the, the website via um, the doubleclutchpodcast.wordpress.com. Um, you can join in the debate on Twitter using the hashtag MBA in the UK. Um, that can be in all capitals or whatnot, so whatever you want. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the doubleclutchpodcast. And we're on Twitter at twitter.com slash doubleclutch3. Yeah, we have to put the, net, the number in because someone stole double clutch bitch <laughs> but um no i've done a quick redesign of the uh, blog so it i think it looks pretty snazzy and um if you do want to write stuff and we can get some things going on there and stuff so yeah just uh, let's get this basketball community going and it'll be really nice if we can sort of have it up and running properly by you know the first week of the of the the, the season we mean pre-season we'll be able to talk about a lot more obviously but once the season starts it'll be you know all hands to the pumps and left right and center there'll be games well what every night nearly so that's normally how it rolls and it's i'm hoping that uh again harking back to the olympics that that the espn will maybe show more than one or two games a week because when you look at the roster you look at the calendar they have got games every day during during the regular season you know we're talking thanksgiving and christmas day itself you know what country plays sports on christmas day or what better way to recover from your turkey coma than watching NBA. You know, uh, for, the, for the past two years, I think, if memory serves me right, it's been Heat and Lakers around the Christmas period. Yep, um, yep. And they have always been good, good games. And even when it gets to one or two o'clock in the morning and you're still forcing that bit of Christmas pudding in your face, nothing better. Nothing better than watching that or a rerun of James Bond. You can't knock <laughs> You can make your ride up, people. James Bond or basketball. Make your decision. Bear in mind what podcast you listen to. <laughs> and you no, uh, please the James Bond podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the new film actually looks really good. Completely going off topic, but it looks awesome. It does. But, yeah. with Sky Movies, James Bond as well. 
And oh, I pre-ordered the other night the uh, the Bond 50 Blu-ray collection, so I'm really excited for that coming. But anyway, actually, sp- speaking of a Bond channel, why don't they do NBA TV over here? Oh, that would be so awesome, wouldn't it? Because Sky Sports have now purchased the license for the NFL games for the next five years, right? And they've got Red Zone, which is which is like a NFL Network's multiple game thing, so you can watch every game in the NFL on the same on the same day. Why don't we have something like that? It'd be it'd be great, and people would use it because obviously the sport is quite big, and you know American football has exploded in this country in the past sort of four years to the point now where I can actually talk a football, you know, American football to someone, and they'll know what I'm going on about. <laughs> I didn't Sky have it for a while though, and they decided not to renew it, and that's when Channel Five picked it up. And then, well, the bat- yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I I know Channel Five had it for a, a while. That was bad. But, um, they, they really they, butchered it. <laughs> yeah, they only showed like playoffs and you know. I did like the idea that they got BBL representatives in the studio to talk about the game. I like that. Um, yeah. But I just thought their overall coverage was they just lacked the passion. Um, that, that the kind of American commentators do. And as much as you and I were having a laugh during the Olympics, that we could do a, a better... Right, Carl's <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's got a lot to do with it. You know, that you need to have the passion of the sport to get in there and, and get excited when you see things happening on the court. So, yeah, check us out on iTunes. Um, we'll let you know where the feed's going and who we're going to host and whatnot. If there's anyone out there who you'd prefer us to host with, let us know, because we'd, we'd preferably like to know before we pay for something. So, yeah, let us know if you want Libsyn or whatnot, because I know they do apps and whatnot. Maybe we could get a, a, a British basketball app going and whatnot. That'd be quite funky. Why am I saying whatnot? I don't know. Anyway, it's late on a Sunday night, and we've both got work tomorrow, so we'd better uh, go offline now, and we will catch you in probably a month's time, um, I'm guessing, for some more hoops action. And uh, hopefully... There'll be some basketball on the telly and we'll have a lot more to talk about than we did tonight. So uh, we will catch you later. Thank you for listening. I have been Matt. And I'm Andy. And we will catch you later. Hoops out. NBA in the UK. In your face. Wow. Uh, I'm going to take a page from my good friend Charles Barkley and say, uh, this is awesome. I will get to you guys in a minute, but first I'd like to thank Jerry Colangelo and the Hall of Fame Selection Committee. I don't take moments like this for granted. I am so honored to be a part of this great evening with all these great players. I'd also like to congratulate the 2012 class. It's special for me because I'm going in with two men I grew up basically admiring so much. Uh, Jamal, from your days at UCLA, and with the Lakers so many times in the backyard trying to emulate that shot <laughs> to no success. Every coach and players trying to change my form. And I would always tell them, look at Silk. So congratulations to you and thank you. And we saw the video before. I call him my uncle, uh, Uncle Mel Daniels. Mel was the second face I saw when uh, I was drafted in 1987. And uh, I'm here to say this. uh, Without him, Roger Brown, Slick Leonard, and those great ABA ABA Pacers, they set the standard for what all Indiana Pacer teams have achieved. So, CeCe, Mel, congratulations to you as well. I'm sure you guys are wondering why these three. Obviously, it takes a village, but uh, I've known Magic, or excuse me, I've known Charles for almost 20 years, and I actually met him at Magic's first Midsummer's game at Poly Pavilion when I was a senior. And you fast forward 10 years later, we're winning gold for our country in Atlanta. Uh, I really do appreciate your friendship for over the years, and uh, Magic. The first day I stepped onto the UCLA campus, you, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, took me underneath your wing. And you introduced me to the breakfast club, getting up early, getting our shots up, running the track stadium. But I will say this about magic. Magic taught me how to lie and cheat. (laughs) And let me explain. 
For those of you, and there's a lot that are in the audience, if you've ever played Magic in a pickup game and you are on the opposing team and the game is tied, you have no shot of winning that game. Right? Right, Bill? But as a freshman, he was lying and cheating to us all the time. But 25 years later, Buck, you were teaching me win by any means necessary. So thank you. Obviously, basketball is a team game. Uh, I cannot name all the teammates I've had over 25 plus years, but what I can do is if any of them actually made the trek here to the hall, can you please stand up so I can give you a standing ovation for those who played with me? Very fortunate to play under some great coaches. Uh, my high school coaches here, Arlo Guard. Thank you, Coach Guard, for instilling uh, the fundamentals of the game at such a young age, which has helped uh, later on throughout my career. Uh, I like to thank the late, great Walt Hazard. And I know uh, the Hazard family was here at UCLA, Jalisa, Rashid. Uh, Ms. Hazard, thank you for all those late-night talks at UCLA. And the good thing about it was none of those things had to do with basketball. They were all about life, and you helped me to mature and become a man. So thank you and Coach so much for everything you have done uh, in my career. Uh, from Hall of Famer uh, Coach Jack Ramsey, who taught me about physical fitness, uh, to Larry Bird, who taught me about work ethic, What's funny is, uh, you know, people say you made so many shots under, you know, so much duress and pressure. I'll tell you what pressure is. Pressure is playing for Larry Bird. <laughs> Not only playing for Larry Bird, but having to go to the garden as he's coming back and win those games for Larry Bird. And coach, for the way, for your three-year run, you were undefeated as we went to the Boston Garden every time. We did not lose one. Well, I might have been hurt. Oh, you remember that one, huh? Okay. Uh, obviously, game management for Rick Carlisle. Um, Larry Brown, who really took myself and the Pacers to a different level. I know Isaiah's here. All you great coaches, thank you guys so much. I took something from each and every one of you. Um, the man that was the architect that surrounded me with such great talent and coaches, uh, the guy that took a gamble on me in 1987. I gotta say thank you so much to Donnie Walsh. When I went on my visit in 87, Donnie may have said 10, 15 words to me, so I didn't think I was coming to Indiana whatsoever, but Donnie, thank you so much for taking a gamble on a skinny kid with big ears from Riverside, California. I truly do appreciate it, and you know, when I think of Donnie, I've got to say thank you to Arn Tellum, who has been my agent for all those 18 years. You and Donnie had a, at times a, a loving and sometimes contentious relationship, but it was your job to keep me in Indiana, so Arn, thank you so much. You know, playing in a small market for 18 years, you really get to know your neighbor very well. Right now, I, I want to say thank you to the great state of Indiana and all the fans and all the fans that made the journey here to Springfield. It wasn't always pretty. I remember in 1987 running out of the tunnel at Marcus Square Arena and they had the black curtains down and there was only four or 5,000 people in the stands. And I'm saying to myself, what have I gotten myself into? But we learned to trust one another. Obviously, winning helped. And uh, the rest is here. So Pacer Nation, blue and gold, thank you guys so much. We all know you can't play basketball forever. So I'd like to thank uh, this new journey I'm on with my new family, 
and it starts with David Levy and Turner and all the great people I work with at TNT. You guys allow us, well, not allow us, you allow Charles to say whatever he wants. <laughs> and uh, little Steve Kerr and myself have to clean it up. But thank you to the Turner family. Uh, it's been a, a fantastic ride. And uh, I, I've saved somewhat the best for last is, is my family. Um, but before I get to them, there's one lady that deserves probably the biggest recognition for everyone and why I'm here. Cheryl, you, a lot of people wish that they could be in a house with the greatest of anything. I just so happen to live across the hall from absolutely, positively, the greatest women's basketball player ever. And I'm proud to say I am not on this stage if it wasn't for you, Cheryl Dean. We as a Miller family are not held at a high level if it wasn't for you. We rode your shoulders all the way here. So thank you very much. Obviously, I'd like to thank when we're talking about my family, my mom and dad. Dad, you made sure we had shoes, gloves, bats, balls, socks, all while serving your country for 26 years in the Air Force. You know, what's, what's interesting is when Cheryl and I played in high school, Normally, my dad would be at Cheryl's game, and my mom, who is not with us today, but is wrapped around all of us in those angel wings, would be at my games. And you guys always found time, not necessarily with Cheryl and our games, but all of us. You made time to be there for all of us. So again, dad, mom, thank you so much for everything you've done for us. Saul Jr. You're the best athlete in our family, but you decided to follow in Dad's footsteps and become a musician, and you served our country for 29 years in the Air Force. <laughs> Daryl, you were the first in the professional ranks, and uh, look, Cheryl and I are so grateful that you and Saul allowed us to tag along for those epic two-on-two -two games in the backyard. Thank you so much. And Tammy, you've had that open-door policy. Whenever we needed something, we could call on you. Um, and Gail D'Agostino, your last name is not Miller, but it should be. Almost 30 years now from dealing with Arne and the Pacers, uh, all the way to now dealing with Turner and our Boom Baby Productions. Thank you so much for being that trusted advisor, someone I can lean on and telling me like it is. So thank you guys very much for my family. <laughs> Nieces, nephews, godson, thank you guys for always keeping us laughing. It, it's interesting uh, being on this stage uh, and on this pulpit, as I call it, as Reverend Jackson would say, you know, I like to come clean and confess some sins to a few of you. Uh, Greg Anthony, uh, my compadre with NBA TV. I don't know if he's here or not, but I'm sure he'll get word of this. Uh, I've got to say, in 1995, as you saw in the video, yeah, I pushed. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, <laughs> the ref didn't call it. I went with it. Like Magic says, by any means necessary. So I apologize. I've never said that publicly, so Greg, okay. I shoved you and kept you down. <laughs> to my fierce rival in the Central Division. Yeah, Michael, I did push you too. <laughs> uh, 
but I've seen you do it so many other times with so many other players. I figured it was okay. You know, it's funny, a lot of people say, why didn't you ever talk to Michael Jordan? I was like, do you want that tongue coming out at you? <laughs> but I, I know MJ will not remember this story, but uh, my rookie year, and as you all know, rookies uh, try to go 110%, and it was a preseason game, and we were playing in some small town somewhere, as most preseason games are. And uh, I'm jacked up. Most veterans don't want to play preseason games. And Chuck Person, who was the rookie of the year the year before, who was another huge trash talker. We're going against Chicago, and in the first half, I have 10. Michael has eight, somewhat going through the motions. Chuck's getting in my ear, yeah, talk to Michael, yeah. So my mouth is moving, I'm jawing at MJ. I remember Michael looking at me, coming out the third and fourth quarter. Well, Michael ended with 40. <laughs> and I ended with 12. <laughs> That's when I knew, uh, A, I better step up my game and let my game do the talking against to me, and w which makes this night so incredible. And I'm only talking because I'm the last person to talk and I had the last say. We, we've got, in my opinion, the three greatest players ever assembled in one room tonight in Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and Cheryl Miller. This is... This is truly special. Look, you, I know I can't name everyone, but look, everyone's been with me along this journey. Sam Smith, who's been a big proponent, thank you so much for, for everything that you've done for me throughout my career. I know there's a big Pacer contingency here. Uh, David Benner, David Craig, who was a longtime trainer. Uh, hard in the paint, my crew. Um, look, thank you guys so much. This is truly an honor to just be a part and witness all these great athletes. Thank you very much, and God bless.